Happy Christmas Five. Christmas Eve at Kirin Cottage, and the five were all together. They were up in the boys' bedroom, packing presents in bright paper. Timmy was very excited and nosed about the room, his long tail wagging in delight. Don't keep slapping my legs with your tail, Timmy. Look out, George! He's getting tangled up with your ball of string. Don't look round, Anne. I'm packing up your present. My word, there'll be a lot to give out this Christmas, with all of us here, and everyone giving everyone else something. I've a B O N E for Timmy, but it's downstairs in the larder. I was afraid he'd sniff it out up here. He knows perfectly well that B O N E spells bone. Now you've made him sniff all my parcels. Timmy, go downstairs, please. Oh no, he does so love Christmas time and helping us to pack our parcels. Sit, Timmy. Sit, I say. That's the third time you've knocked down my pile of presents. Downstairs, George's mother and father were packing up parcels too. They seemed to have as many as the four upstairs. Mrs. Kirin looked at the pile of packages on the table. Far too many to go on the tree. We'd better put all our parcels and the children's too in a sack, Quentin. We can stand the sack at the bottom of the tree, and you can be Father Christmas and hand them out tomorrow morning. I am not going to be Father Christmas. All this nonsense at Christmas time. Bits of paper everywhere, parcels to undo. Timmy barking his head off. Hark at him now! I shall go mad. He's got to go to his kennel. No, no, Quentin. Don't upset George on Christmas Eve. Look, you go and sit down quietly in your study and read the paper. I'll finish the parcels, but you must be good and hand them out to the children tomorrow morning. Yes, and hand Timmy's to him too. Supper time came all too soon that night. When the bell rang to tell the five that the meal was ready, they groaned. Dick looked round at the mess of parcels, paper, string. Ribbon and labels. Have to finish afterwards. Supper, Timmy. Supper. Timmy shot downstairs at top speed, bumping heavily into Uncle Quentin, who was just coming out of his study. Timmy gave him a quick lick of apology and ran into the dining room, putting his front feet on the table to see what was there. Down, Timmy. What manners! Hello, Uncle Quentin. Don't know your parcels up yet. <laughs> He's going to be Father Christmas tomorrow and hand out all the presents. Don't scowl like that, Quentin dear. You look just like George when I tell her to fetch something. I do not scowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Christmas Day tomorrow, Aunt Fanny. It's lovely of you to have us all here for Christmas. Goodness, we'll never finish opening our parcels tomorrow morning. I've at least one for everybody, and so has everyone else. A nice little bit of arithmetic. That means we've about forty or more presents to undo, counting in those for Joanna the cook and Timmy. Tch, what a waste of time! 
It's a good thing you're not as horrid as you pretend to be, father. You always look so fierce. And yet I bet you've been around the shops buying all kinds of things. Hasn't he, mother? I bet he's bought Timmy something too. Stop saying I bet, and don't put ideas into Timmy's head. Why on earth should I go shopping for him? Timmy, from under the table, was delighted to hear his name. He wagged his tail violently, and Uncle Quentin leapt to his feet with a yell. Take that dog out! Slapping me with his tail like that. Why can't he have a short tail? Sit down, Quentin. Timmy, come out. Sit over there. Now, let's change the subject. The four cousins looked at one another and grinned. It was lovely to be at Kirin Cottage again, with dear, kind Aunt Fanny and quick-tempered Uncle Quentin. He was now beaming round at them, offering them a second helping. No, thanks. I'm saving up for the pudding. I spotted it in the larder. Scrumptious. After supper, they finished their parcels and brought them down to the sitting room. The tree was there, looking very jolly, though the candles on it were not yet lit. It was hung with tinsel and little sparkling ornaments and had at the top the fairy doll that had been on every Christmas tree since George was little. The parcels were put into a big sack and this was set at the foot of the tree, ready for the morning. Timmy immediately went to sniff at it from top to bottom. He can smell his Christmas bone. Timmy, come away. I won't have you guessing my present. After supper, they played games, and Timmy joined in. He was so excited that he began to bark, and Uncle Quentin stormed out of his study at once and appeared in the sitting room. George, I've told you before, I won't have Timmy barking in this house. Yes, I know it's Christmas Eve, but I can't stand that barking. Why must he have such a loud one? It's enough to deafen me. I'll turn him out. He can go to his kennel. Oh, no, Father. Not on Christmas Eve. Timmy, go and lie down and be quiet. He's to go out to his kennel, and that's my last word. Out, Timmy, out! So out poor Timmy had to go his tail well down. He felt puzzled. The children had been shouting, hadn't they? It was their way of barking. Well, why couldn't he shout in his own way, which was barking? George was cross, and Anne almost in tears. Poor Timmy, to be sent out to his kennel on Christmas Eve. She went to comfort George, and was surprised to see she wasn't looking upset. Don't worry, Anne. I'll fetch him in when we go to bed, and he can sleep in our room as usual. You can't do that. Uncle Quentin would be furious if he discovered him there. He won't. He's no good, Anne. I'm going to have Timmy with me tonight, though I know I shouldn't. I couldn't bear not to. I'll own up to Father tomorrow. So when the household was safely in bed, George crept downstairs to fetch Timmy from his kennel. He whined softly in joy and wagged his big tail. Be quiet now, Timmy! George took him upstairs, quite forgetting to lock the kitchen door. Timmy settled down on the rug beside her bed, very happy, and soon Anne and George were fast asleep in their beds, while the two boys slept soundly nearby.
All four were awakened by a terrific bout of barking from Timmy. He stood at the bedroom door, scraping at it, trying to open it, barking at the top of his voice. George leapt out of bed in alarm. What is it, Timmy? What is it? Stop barking! Father will hear you and know you're in the house and not in your kennel. Oh, do shut up, Timmy! But by this time, everyone was wide awake and soon the whole household was out on the landing alarmed. George's father was very angry when he saw Timmy was in the house after all. Why isn't he in his kennel? What's the matter with him? How dare you disobey me, George? Take him out to his kennel at once, George. He's overexcited tonight. It was all the fun and games you had. Take him out at once. But, Mother, he doesn't usually bark. Perhaps there was a burglar in the house. Nonsense! No burglar would come on Christmas Eve. Take the dog out to his kennel and don't let me hear another sound tonight. Go on, George. Now. Do as you're told and don't spoil Christmas. Timmy was very sad to be put into his kennel again. He whined dismally and George almost made up her mind to stay outside with him. But his kennel was not big enough to take both of them. So she gave him a hug and went indoors with Anne, scowling in the darkness. This time she remembered to lock the door behind her. Soon everyone was in bed again and sound asleep. Anna woke a little later and sat up in bed. She had heard something, some noise downstairs. She sat and listened. Was there someone in the living room? Then she heard a click. Like a door being shut. I wonder if I should wake George. No, surely Timmy would bark loudly if he heard anything suspicious. He is only just outside in his kennel. Perhaps he heard something when he had barked before. Well, anyway, I'm not going downstairs by myself in the dark, and I really dare not wake Uncle or Aunt. I must leave Timmy to deal with whatever it is. Timmy had heard something, and he was sitting in his kennel, ears pricked, a little growl rumbling in his throat. He really didn't dare bark this time. He had heard something before when he had barked in George's bedroom and awakened the whole household. And yet there had been nobody downstairs then that he could see or smell. But somebody was in the house. Someone who had crept in at the kitchen door when George had left it unlocked. That somebody had hidden in the coal cellar, door fast shut, when Timmy had barked and alarmed the household. Now the somebody was about again, switching on a small torch, making the little noises that had awakened Anne. It was Tom, the bad boy of the village. He had been out to a rowdy party and had passed Kidin Cottage on the way home. He had tiptoed to the front door and had gone to the garden door and tried both handles. No, they were fast locked. Then he had slipped round to the kitchen door and to his surprise and delight, he found it opening when he turned the handle. He had crept inside and was just looking round when Timmy had begun to bark upstairs. And quick as a rabbit, Tom had slipped into the coal cellar. 
and shivered while the household came out on the landing, angry with Timmy, who was then put in his kennel. When all was quiet and the dog safely in his kennel, the boy looked round quietly to see what he could take. He thought he heard a noise and stopped in alarm. No, it was only the coals dropping in the grate. He felt scared and swung his torch round and about to see what he could easily take away with him. He saw the sack lying by the Christmas tree, how it bulged with parcels inside it. Tom grinned in delight. He lifted it, put it over his shoulder and tiptoed out of the kitchen door, shutting it with a little click, the click that Anne had heard upstairs. Timmy knew there was someone about, of course, but now he didn't dare bark. He had been put into his kennel again as a punishment for barking. If he barked again and woke Mr. Kirin, goodness knows what would happen to him. So he kept silent and slipped out of his kennel and down the path after the boy with the sack. He followed him all the way to the village, unseen and unheard. He longed to growl. How he longed to fly at this nasty little robber boy and nip him sharply in the leg. He saw the boy go through a gate and walk to a shed nearby. He went in and came out again, but this time without the sack. Then he let himself into the house nearby, shut the door and disappeared. Timmy sat down to think. After a minute, he went to the shed and slipped through the half-broken wooden door. He smelt the sack at once. That bulging sack belonged to George. Very well, it must be taken back to Kirin Cottage before the boy took out all the presents in it. Timmy sniffed at the parcels inside. His own parcel was there, the one that Anne had wrapped up for him. Timmy growled. So, that boy had dared to carry away his bone. Timmy decided to take the whole sack back to Kirin Cottage. But alas, it was far too heavy for him to drag out of the shed. What was he to do? He worked his head into the open sack neck again and pulled out a parcel. Then another, and another. Good. He would take them one by one to his kennel and hide them there for Christmas morning. And that is exactly what dear, patient old Timmy did. He took all those parcels one by one to his kennel, trotting back and forth so many times that he began to feel he was walking in a dream. It was lucky Kirin Cottage was not far from the boy's home, or he would have been trotting to and fro all night. At last the sack was empty and the last parcel tucked into the back of his big kennel. There was hardly room for old Timmy to sit in it. Tired out, but very happy, he put down his head on his paws and fell sound asleep. He was awakened by a great hubbub in Kirin Cottage. Aunt Fanny, Uncle Quentin, the sack of presents is gone and the kitchen door's wide open. Someone's stolen all of our presents in the night. That's why Timmy barked. He knew there was something going on. Oh, our beautiful presents. What a mean trick. 
But why didn't old Tim catch the thief when he slipped out of the kitchen door with the sack? Poor old Tim. He must have been too scared to do anything, after being scolded for barking before and being made to go to his kennel. Christmas is spoilt. No presents at all. No surprises, no fun. Timmy came out of his kennel as the children came up the path. Who took our lovely presents, Timmy? And where do you suppose they are now? Didn't you dare bark, old thing? Timmy barked apologetically and went into his kennel. He backed out with something in his mouth. A parcel. He went in and fetched another. And another. And another. He laid them all down in front of the astounded children, wagging his tail. Timmy! Where did you get them from? Where's the sack? Did you chase the thief and take the parcels one by one out of the sack and bring them home? Timmy agreed and wagged his tail vigorously. He pawed at one of the parcels and Anne gave a delighted laugh. <laughs> That's my present to you. You knew it was for you, Tim. You smelt the bone inside. Darling, darling Tim, how clever you are. You stored all our presents safely in your kennel so that we should have them on Christmas morning after all. I'll undo your parcel and you shall have my present first of all. <coughs> Timmy barked in delight, and not even Uncle Quentin frowned at the tremendous noise. Good old Timmy. Open your parcel and then you can go indoors and gnaw your bone. There's a good dog. Happy Christmas to all the five, and especially to you, Timmy Dog. Especially to you. Especially to you.